Good morning, Peer family. It's great to be here with you this morning. And as I say that, it's hard to believe that we're in another stay-at-home, another lockdown. Um, by now, you've probably received our Peer Weekly through the email, just kind of talking about what's going on this weekend. But I wanted to take a moment to, to let you know about that as well. Um, we've been kind of thinking through this, how can we best help all of us <laughs> through this time and support each other. And so what we've decided is that on, in our Sunday mornings, we're all going to be online together. We want to be in solidarity together. We want to be supporting each other in this time. Those of us who couldn't come in person, all of us, we want to be together online. So that's what's happening right now. But also, um, we have found out that we are able to still have in-person gatherings up to 15% of our capacity at the pier. So we thought what would be a great thing for us would be to meet on Sunday nights. And so we'll be meeting Sunday nights at 6 p.m. through the lockdown. And now, mind you, we're going to be keeping an eye on things to make sure it's safe, keeping an eye on the numbers in Brockville. Right now, they're quite low, so we feel confident that we can safely do this. But we're going to keep an eye on that. But all through the lockdown, hopefully, we'll be meeting then 6 p.m. on Sundays together to just have a kind of quiet time um, to be able to, to share and to pray together. And that way, we're going to be able to support each other through this time because we think it is essential. As we're able to, as it's safe, it's essential to still be able to be together, to pray together, and to worship together. So that just wanted to let you know about that for, for today and through the lockdown on Sundays. So as I say that again, right, we're in that lockdown. And if we think back, we, it's been over a year now that we've been in these sorts of situations, these lockdowns, and that COVID has been a thing for us. Um, I was looking back, and you, as you probably know, I came here from Quebec. And for us, in Quebec, the first lockdown was actually March 13th, 2020. And here in Ontario, the first state of emergency was March 17th. And now we're here again. And just by saying that and thinking through, even quickly through the last year, it just brings to mind that we've had a lot of disruptions, to say the least. A lot of disruptions to what we thought was maybe a pattern that was setting up. And all of that, all, of, all that we've kind of gone through, we can think that we've all gone through a lot of loss this year. And we want to take a little bit of time over the next few weeks. We're going to go into a bit of a mini-series where we want to take a little bit of a break from what would be um, maybe our kind of normal teaching schedule so that we can talk about that, so we can together talk about what we've lost and, and support each other through that. Because the truth is, the kind of losses that we've experienced means that a lot of us, if not all of us, are grieving right now, whether maybe we recognize it or not. Because grieving, when I say that, I know it probably brings to mind a whole host of things, but the truth is that grief happens through any loss. Often when we hear grief, we think about death, we think about losing a loved one, and that certainly brings on grief, but grief also happens from any significant loss. So when you think about that way, right, that's why I say that for a lot of us, if not all of us, we are grieving if we are honest with ourselves. So we want to talk about that. 
And as I said, so we're going into a mini-series that, that we're calling um, Better Together, Embracing Hope in Loss. Because we want to take time to explore healthy ways of grieving together so that we, all of us, can come through <laughs> together, bringing God into the process and allowing God to kind of shape us and transform us in this time. And we believe that's going to be really valuable for us. For our first week, we're going to be looking at uh, the story of Naomi and Ruth in the book of Ruth. Maybe this is one you've heard before. Maybe it's new to you. And it's actually a really powerful and beautiful story. We're going to be looking at kind of the first couple of scenes in the story in Ruth chapter 1. And especially because there we see in Naomi especially an example of someone who's grieving. And we see in her especially that spiritual side of grief. And significantly, we see in her example someone who is open and honest with God and others and who's willing to kind of let others into that. And that makes a world of a difference for her. So we're looking at that in the hopes that we too can open up to God and and to each other about kind of the pain and the loss that we've experienced throughout this past year. Okay, so let's dive in now to the story and kind of see what's going on here so that we can talk about it. So I'm reading from Ruth chapter 1, verse 1. In the days when the judges ruled, there was a famine in the land. So a man from Bethlehem in Judah, together with his wife and two sons, went to live for a while in the country of Moab. The man's name was Elimelech. His wife's name was Naomi, and the names of his two sons were Malon and Kilion. Sorry, Kil- <laughs> sorry, Kilion. Let me take that again, just that part. Um, and the names of his two sons were Malon and Kilion. They were Ephrathites from Bethlehem, Judah, and they went to Moab and lived there. Now, Elimelech, Naomi's husband, died, and she was left with her two sons. They married Moabite women one named Orpah and another Ruth. After that, they lived there about 10 years. But Malon and Kilion also died, and Naomi was left without her two sons and her husband. When Naomi heard in Moab that the Lord had come to the aid of his people by providing food for them, she and her daughters-in-law prepared to return home from there. With her two daughters-in-law, she left the place where she had been living, and set out on the road that would take them back to the land of Judah. Then Naomi said to her daughters-in-law, Go back, each of you, to your mother's home. May the Lord show you kindness, as you have shown kindness to your dead husbands and to me. May the Lord grant that each of you will find rest in the home of another husband. Then she kissed them goodbye, and they wept aloud, and said to her, We will go back with you to your people." But as the story goes on, Naomi persists in this. She really believes that it's going to be better for these women to return home. And Orpah takes her up on that. She recognizes. And so she leaves for home. But Ruth decides that she's going to stay with Naomi. And here's what Ruth says. Where you go, I will go. And where you stay, I will stay. Your people would be my people and your God, my God. Where you die, I will die, and there I will be buried. May the Lord deal with me, be it ever so severely, if even death separates you and me. 
When Naomi realized that Ruth was determined to go with her, she stopped urging her. So we're going to stop there for a moment and just survey kind of what's going on here. Now, the thing about some of these stories, a lot of the stories in the Old Testament, is that introductions, you know, they, these authors are really masters at packing a lot of information into a small space. And this story is no exception. It starts out by saying, in the days when the judges ruled, there was a famine in the land. That's really important. That's important for us to appreciate, to kind of see all that Naomi is going through here. I don't know if you've read the book of Judges before, but if you have, you'll know that it's kind of a dark book. I mean, it starts out okay, and it seems like there's some good spots in there, but it really turns into a very terrible and dark time for the Israelites. At the end of that book, it says this, in those days, Israel had no king. Everyone did as they saw fit. And what you see is that what people saw fit to do was not good things. And in the end, a lot of people are hurt. They're doing terrible things to each other. You kind of get this image of like a lawless zombie apocalypse kind of situation. So it was a really dark time that Naomi was living in to begin with. And then we also read that there was now a famine in the land. So we're adding that to Naomi's already hard situation. So, as it says, you know, her husband kind of takes her into a new land, her and her, her children into a new land. The hope, you can tell, is for survival, but what ends up happening is she ends up losing her husband and eventually her two sons throughout that journey. So, Naomi has been through a lot, to say the least. <laughs> and if we take a step back for a moment and think about that from the perspective of grief and loss, we realize that Naomi has a lot to grieve in this situation. <clears throat> now, I'm drawing a lot from a really helpful book called The Unbroken Circle by James Brooks. And here's how he defines grief. It's an internal reaction to loss that affects every aspect of life. Reactions to grief may include physical, behavioral, emotional, spiritual, or social aspects. And the experience of grief may extend for months or years. That's really important information for us to understand Naomi's plight and also to understand for ourselves. It's an, it's an internal reaction to loss that it, it affects all aspects of our lives. That's important to keep in mind. And this is not a quick process. We would hope that it would be, but it can last weeks, months, or years, depending on how hard the loss is, how traumatic the loss. And when we talk about grief, we talk about it being a process, actually, with, with multiple facets. And it's the type of thing where these are crucial, even though we kind of wish that we could maybe skip over them. They're kind of like necessary steps or stages that we kind of need to go through, but we would wish that they wouldn't be the case, except especially for kind of the first ones. And I just want to mention them briefly here so we can kind of get an idea. We're going to be focusing on the first couple ones today, the, the hardest ones. But here's those facets. So, you know, it kind of starts out by acknowledging the loss that you're going through. It's a hard but necessary first step when reality sets in at what you've lost. And when that happens, the second facet is experiencing the pain of that loss. And again, those are two that we would prefer to skip over. 
and move into kind of the more positive ones, which that's kind of what happens as you're going through that pain. Then the, the next facets are things like making sense of the death or the loss and then adjusting to your new life and relearning that world, relearning the world that where that person or that thing that was so significant where it's not there anymore. These are all very crucial and healthy and natural parts of the grieving process. And you know what, I'm just going to kind of leave it off there because we don't have time to talk about all of them in detail. But we're going to be sending out resources for you. Um, it's going to be on our Facebook page and it's also going to be sent out in our weekly email. So that way, if you want to look at this in more detail, you can feel free to do so. Today, we're kind of using the story of Naomi to help us with these first two facets, the facets of acknowledging loss and experiencing pain. Now, to help us in that, let's just talk for a moment a little bit more about what Naomi has lost. Because she's gone through some hard things here. You think about the national tragedy that she's been a part of, the loss of really a good nation that she was a part of and the, the kind of terror of the judges and all of that. And then you think about the famine, the loss of security, the threat of, you know, dying of starvation and probably losing people to that. And then also you bring into, so that's at the big picture level, and then you bring in the personal loss that she's suffered, losing her husband, losing her sons. That's terrible for anyone to experience, especially if we think about her context where that also, you know, her husband, the men in her life was really her security, her protection and her economic security. And it's also, you know, we think of family as very important. Well, especially that was true in her time. Family for her was almost everything. So her losing her husband and her sons was like losing her identity, losing who she was. And this was all outside of her control. This was all with things that were bigger than her and because of things that were bigger than her. I wonder if you're seeing the parallels here to our own situation. We're in a situation that's bigger than any one of us and it's bringing about a lot of losses in our lives that are outside of our control. And when we talk about the grieving process, it's important for us to acknowledge that. It's important for us to just take time to acknowledge those losses. We may want to kind of jump over that, but it's actually really healthy and important for us to do that. So, you know what, as we think about it, what have we lost? What have you lost? What have I lost? You may have lost a loved one in this time. I, I can relate to that. Um, my, in my own family, my wife's grandmother recently passed away because of COVID. And not only did we lose her, but because of all the regulations and everything, and because she was in a hot spot, my wife and I weren't able to be in person for her funeral. So there was loss and complication there. <clears throat> and I think of my, you know, even for, for me, I lost my father in this time. Um, he died of cancer last May. And, you know, that was hard enough, but again, not being able to go to his funeral, not being able to see him in person only over Zoom because of COVID. I wonder if you can relate to that. These are things that kind of like are with you, right? And they're hard to know how to even begin 
to process that. But acknowledging them is really helpful. Also, you know, maybe you haven't lost a loved one in terms of someone dying, but many of us have lost loved ones in the sense of being able to see each other. For some people in our family, in our friend groups, we haven't been able to see them the entire year, maybe because they're in a hot spot, maybe because they live in the U.S. or they live far away. And so I think of grandparents who haven't been able to see their grandkids, losing the chance to see them for a whole year. Or I think of adult children who can't see their parents. That's significant loss for all of us. And then not only that, but I think of I think of kids, I think of teens, and the loss of significant life events that they've experienced. Like, you know, think about what it would be like to not be able to have your graduation or your prom. And a lot of, you know, grade sixers, a lot of high school students, a lot of college and university students, they've lost that opportunity to have some of those really significant rites of passages. Or we extend it beyond that age group and we think of people who have had babies in this time and you know the grandparents maybe haven't been able to see their the babies yet or they haven't really been able to share the joy of having these new kids with their friends and family these are all examples of really significant loss that we want to be able to talk about and acknowledge and and to be able to do that together It's a really important step in the grieving process. And it's just really important for all of us to be able to do in this time. So can we take time to acknowledge these losses? Um, Can we talk about them to pray about them? I would suggest making even a list of these. Um, And I would also strongly, (laughs) you know, recommend talking and sharing with someone about these things. Even just calling someone up. And a big theme with this, too, is our peer groups. We want to be able to take time in our peer groups to to process this and to talk about these things. So that is another venue where you can share and acknowledge your loss. And especially, share it with God. Pray to God. It's very therapeutic and a really good thing to do. That's going to be a constant theme throughout what I'm saying today. Include God. Include God in this. And you know what, before I move on to the next point, please don't think that any loss that you've experienced is not significant enough to share or to acknowledge. Because that's the thing too, right? We might think, oh, well, what I've lost doesn't compare to losing a loved one or something like that. But that's the thing about grief. It's different for all of us. And and only you can know what you're going through, (laughs) right? So what, sure, what may seem so-called insignificant to others may very well be quite significant for you. And that's what matters in this. I can give an example of that. I think about my son Dorian, who, you know, he lost the chance to have his preschool graduation. (laughs) That was something that I was really looking forward to that really meant a lot to me as well. And I think about how he's gone through kindergarten now. He's almost done kindergarten, and I haven't had a chance to be in his classroom, to meet his other friends in the way I'd normally, to be able to interact and be a part of that. To me, that's a significant loss. It might seem kind of like insignificant to others, but to me, it makes me really sad to think about it. It's something that I'm grieving through this time. So please don't think any loss is insignificant. Let's talk about those things. 
Okay, now let's get back to Naomi's story because what happens next is also really important for us. You see, when Naomi and Ruth decided to go back to Bethlehem, here's what happened. When they arrived in Bethlehem, the whole town was stirred because of them. And the women exclaimed, can this be Naomi? Don't call me Naomi, she told them. Call me Mara, because the Almighty has made my life very bitter. I went away full, but the Lord has brought me back empty. Why call me Naomi? The Lord has afflicted me. The Almighty has brought misfortune upon me. Now, when we read these words, we hear someone who's grieving and someone who's very honestly expressing the pain that they're experiencing. And she's giving us that spiritual side of that pain as well. She is angry with God. She is bitter with God. She's saying, look, I'm empty. I'm tapped out. God has drained me of everything here. It's like God is punishing me. And she's kind of acknowledging to everyone, look, God, you did this to me. I want everyone to know that I'm bitter. <laughs> she's being really honest and in expressing the pain she's going through. And that too, we want to look at her as actually a healthy example in a time of grieving. Because remember, that second facet that we talked about was experiencing the pain. Because the truth is when the reality sets in, when you start to acknowledge those losses, that's when unfortunately the pain starts to kick in. The more that it becomes real, the more the pain kicks in. And that's something that we would want to kind of skim over. We want to do what we can to minimize the pain, maybe even skip over that step. So again, we might try to minimize what we've gone through, try to say, oh, well, mine isn't as big as others. So I'm going to try, you know, so I'm, I'm trying to minimize the pain in that way. Or we might try and immediately jump to those meaning stages where we're trying to make sense of it too quickly and hoping that maybe by putting a positive spin on it, we might be able to minimize the pain. But you know what? What we're learning from Naomi here is that it's actually healthy and natural to express and experience that pain. Don't run from it, but actually allow yourself to go through it. Give permission for yourself to go through it. And you know what? I found that to be true when I, I'm still grieving the loss of my father, but especially when the emotions were at a really intense point, it was important, I found, to, when the tears were coming, to just let it happen. To give myself permission to be sad for a day, for a long period of time. It was important for me to let myself be angry, to just kind of let the pain happen and not to try to run from it or not to try to control it or that sort of thing. It was very therapeutic and important for me to do that. And, and also we see from Naomi, it's important to include God in that process. We might look at what she's saying here and think, oh my goodness, you're allowed to say that to God? Like you're allowed to, to do that? But that's what I love about the Bible. Like it includes these things as an example for us. I think even to give us permission to show us that yes, it's, it's natural and even healthy to express any and all emotions to God, because the important thing is we're including God in the process. Actually, the worst thing we can do is try to like cease communication or try to hide things from God when you're feeling these sorts of things. So actually, when you're experiencing that pain through grief, 
there's a whole range of things that might come up between you and God. Things like questioning your meaning and purpose. It might be that you're questioning your faith. You're feeling abandoned by God. You're, you're feeling angry toward God or disconnected from God. All of that are not signs that you're losing your faith. Actually, in fact, it could be signs that you're growing in your faith. As, as James Brooks says, these reactions did not necessarily indicate a loss of faith, but rather a quest for meaning and an experience of spiritual change and growth. So, but that's the key, right, is including God in this process as you're expressing and experiencing the pain. So don't run from the pain. Don't deny it. Allow it to happen. That's the second thing that we're learning from this story. And there's just one more, one third thing that I want to draw attention to that we see in this that is really so key to the whole story. And that's the relationship between Ruth and Naomi. It's really beautiful what we see that Ruth does. She doesn't want to return home. She clings to Naomi. She bonds to Naomi. And actually, the two of them, they support each other throughout the whole story in solidarity through the pain. And it's that support that they provide each other that really moves the story along and really gives them tremendous strength through this tragic situation that they're in. So we can really learn from that as well, because that's a big point that we're, we're trying to, to do with this series, right? We want to go through this together. We want it so that no one is left alone to experience their grief or to, to acknowledge their loss. We, we want us all to be able to embrace our community and to be able to do this together. And so can we embrace the community we have and, and come together in solidarity in this time, a year into COVID. Um, and you know what? As I say that, none of this is about should, you know, and it's not helpful to do things out of shoulds, like I should do this. So I don't feel like it, but I should. Because if you feel like you need time alone, that's okay. <laughs> you don't want to push yourself in all of this. But at the same time, it's very healthy to talk about your loss, to express your pain to someone and to lean into community. So can we do that today in the coming weeks? Can we reach out to each other, find someone that we love and trust and call them up just to be able to talk, just to be able to express what's going on? And can we include God? Can we keep praying to him and expressing our pain and acknowledging our loss to him? And all the while, don't forget, we're all in this together. So maybe you can also be of support to someone. Can we be of support to each other? And here's just some really simple tips for that to happen. First off, remember that we all grieve differently. So my grief might look different from your grief. That's really important to remember because what can happen otherwise, we might try to kind of like get someone to go through it the way we do. And that can kind of create pressure to have them grieve in a, in a way that's not natural to them. So remember that, that we all grieve differently. It looks different in each of us and there's no right or wrong way to grieve. And also the best thing we can do for each other is really simple. It's just to listen, just to listen to each other would go a very long way for each of us. Don't feel the pressure to be able to speak into it. Don't feel the pressure to come up with kind of this 
point of meaning that that's, you're going to try to help with. You know what? It's all well-meaning, but the best thing we can do is just to be with each other and just to listen to each other, just to be on the phone. I know that's the hardest part in saying this, right, and talking about this with the stay-at-home order. So we got to get creative in this. But even just talking on the phone um, and going or, you know, that sort of thing, that can help. That can go a long way. And in fact, that's why we're very thankful that we can meet together on Sunday evenings because that can go a long way as well or taking part in peer groups. And by the way, if you're not in a peer group, feel free. We would love for you to join one or feel free to call up myself or one of our pastoral staff members. We would love to chat and listen and to be a support to each other in whatever way we can. And don't forget to pray for each other, including God in this whole process is so key. So, okay, we're going to leave off there. That's what we're kind of learning from this story of Naomi. And, and you know what? If you haven't read the story, it's only four chapters long. It's a beautiful story. I would highly encourage you to go and read the whole thing. Um, so, but just to, to wrap up, you know what? Heather, Pastor Heather found a really good article that she passed on to me by the BBC. And in this article, it talks about how COVID, the situation we're in, it characterizes it actually as a mass trauma event. And that really got me thinking about what we've been through. And because the reason why it said that, if we kind of think about all the losses we've talked about, each of those can be traumatic events in our lives. And we're experiencing this on the grand scale. We're all kind of experiencing this together. So that's why it's calling it a mass trauma event. And, and trauma begets grief. Trauma causes grief. And so hence why we're talking about grief and grieving. And it's, it's helpful, that article, what it says that is really important for us to do in that type of event is to communicate, to remember, and to commemorate what's happened. So again, that's kind of what we're doing today, and that's what we want to do in the coming weeks. And Specifically today, right, from that story of Naomi, we saw the importance of acknowledging our loss and expressing and experiencing our pain, all the while including God in the process and drawing support from each other. And now when I say all of that, I recognize that, you know, we might be afraid to kind of do these things, right? This idea of talking about loss and experiencing pain doesn't sound like a lot of, it, it doesn't sound comfortable at all. It sounds painful, <laughs> to say the least. So, and we might be afraid of doing that because we might think that it's going to mean that we get stuck in those things. It might, we're get, we think we might be kind of stuck in despair because of that. But actually, the opposite is true. It's by allowing ourselves to go through these things together that we can make room for hope, actually, that we can come to a place where we're ready to allow hope in. And also, when I keep mentioning including God in the process, it's not a token add-on, because that's the beautiful thing of the book of Ruth. As the Bible Project puts it, this is a story about God and how he restores those who look to him with the thing is, Naomi had no idea what was going to happen when she was coming back 
to Bethlehem. And Ruth had no idea what was going to happen. But they drew strength from each other and they included God in the whole process. And if you read through the end, this is actually not a story of tragedy. This is a story of transformation and of restoration. And it's all because they included God and each other in this process. And so that's what I see for us today. We don't know what's going to happen. We don't know what's going to happen tomorrow or in the coming weeks or months or in the next year. But if we can draw strength from each other and if we can continue to allow God in, then God's hope can truly transform us and bring us to restoration, restoration that maybe we can't even dream of. Okay, let's pray together now before we end off. Dear Heavenly Father, I just thank you for stories like Naomi and Ruth, these, these beautiful stories that just kind of lay out honestly what people can go through in times of loss. And how these kinds of stories, they kind of like give us permission in a way. They kind of help us to kind of work through our own loss and our own grief. I pray for each of us today that you would help us now. We, we want to include you in this process right at the get-go as, as we as a community talk about our loss in the coming week, as we express our pain and allow ourselves maybe, as, we, as the reality kind of sinks in and we start to feel that pain, that, that you'd help us just to, to let it happen and not to run from it, to, to kind of let the grieving process happen. And we want to pray for your help in this time. Um, we need you, Lord, through this. And it's my prayer that you would bless our time now this week in our peer groups and, and through the week as we talk to each other and as we talk about these things. I pray that you would bless us in this time. We don't know where things are headed, but we want to trust you, Lord God. And we want to trust in you to bring hope in our lives bring peace, even in these difficult circumstances. And so I pray for all of us that that might be possible for us. And, and I trust you that, that by your Holy Spirit, you can bring that kind of strength and peace into our lives. So it's in Jesus' name that we pray these things. Amen.